0: Hi, I'm Brews News Editor Matt Kirkegaard and thanks to your malt mates at Cry Malt, this is Beer is a Conversation. And this week we catch up with Jazz and Grant Werren from Modus Operandi. We caught up with Grant around about 12 months ago after Modus was named Champion Large Brewery at the Indies and we had a wide-ranging chat about that award, beer quality and date coding. This conversation was recorded last week as the pair were gearing up for their 5th birthday celebrations and I was interested to hear... From the couple about the realities of running a family brewery. When I last spoke with Grant, the pair were expecting their first child and I was interested to hear how, with baby Arch about to celebrate his first birthday, they are managing the demands of an expanding brewery and finding balance in an expanding family, especially with the unsocial hours that that entails. As happens in a dynamic business, the interview was cut short and when we reconvened a few days later, Jazz had been struck down with the flu but the second half of the conversation features Grant discussing the special celebration beers the brewery is releasing to mark its fifth anniversary, as well as a beer launch for IPA Day next week. We discuss the challenges the brewery faces in building a core range while acknowledging the importance of regular releases and seasonals and how they manage these one-offs while maintaining quality. As always, it's an interesting and insightful conversation and I hope you enjoy it. Grant and Jazz Warren, welcome to Radio Brews News. Beer is a conversation. Thank you for joining us.
1: Thank
0: you for having Grant, us. Grant, we spoke to you last on Radio Brews News uh, about 12 months ago, just after uh, you had the, the brewery had won uh, the champion large brewer at the Indies. Um, we couldn't speak to Jazz then because she was off having a baby. Congratulations.
1: Thank you very much. Thanks, yes, mate. I was. I I do remember collecting the award, heavily pregnant, and not being yes. able to drink any of the beer, which was slightly that was that was a tough one. But yes, we have a little man now, and he's nearly nearly a year actually.
0: So, as I said, it was all going, going well. Just uh just under a year ago that we, we we did speak. So, um, and and when we spoke last time, we, we've spoken to um, Grant a couple of times, but I wanted to get you both together because. Modus is coming up to five years, which is quite a milestone for a small, independent, family-run business. And because you both work in, in, in the business together, um, and you're a couple and you've since had a child, I was very interested in talking about some of those areas that don't often get an airing in, you know, beer circles because it's always about the beer about the hops about the freshness as we've talked about before so jazz one of the things when i was researching this chat i couldn't see the only description i had of you prior to modus was you were a country girl um so tell us a little a little bit about your background and how you came to meet uh, grant and how you came to decide that a brewery was something you wanted to do together
1: yeah, well, yeah, I know, I'm a little bit hidden on the uh, the old interweb, like a secret little assassin. Um, well, yeah, no, I, well, I am originally from the country, out in Riverina area, um, so lots of wheat out there, wheat and sheep. Um, but, I, yeah, I've always grown up with beer, obviously being on the property, you know, we would always be drinking beer. It wasn't of the, the best quality, but, you know, we drank it. Um, and so I've always grown up with it. And then when I met Grant, well... Oh, Fifteen years ago now, I won't go too much into detail how we met, but it was in Kings Cross. <laughs> I was to say, it wasn't a B&S um, or something like that, was it? No, it was, so it, was really it was neither. It was the
2: drinking craft beer that night.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think it was over a few Bundy and Cokes, and uh, you know, it was love at first sight, really. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, my kind of Thanks, background, yeah. <laughs> and my kind of background is um, I've done a little bit of everything. I've done hospitality. Um events. And then, in the later kind of like the last nine years, I was um, kind of in finance um, administration, things like that. So that's uh, it's been a helpful backbone. but yeah, it wasn't just um it wasn't just grant kind of going, i I like beer, I want to do a brewery. It was very much a joint venture, um, which I think's really helped because it's if you're going to be in it, you need to have the passion. Um, and if I wasn't a beer girl and didn't like beer, it would be quite challenging. Um, but I've, yeah, I been. we've been both working at it from day one. I did um, at the start, Grant was certainly running with the whole project. Um, and I was doing the, keeping the, you know, finances coming in. Um, I do remember waking up at 5am, going to work, coming back, working behind the bar, going to sleep at midnight and then doing it all again. Um, so I'm glad that that, uh, that ended pretty, I think, Within the first three months, like, I had to resign because I was this is way too hard. I'm going to kill myself doing this. So, yeah, it's been a it's been an amazing ride. Um, but yeah, that's kind of my my background, I guess. But
0: when you because uh, the, the the story, as I understand it, and it has been reported, is you both went to the US six or seven years ago. You were travelling around. You fell in love with craft beer, so you would weaned yourself off the Bundys by that stage, and. <laughs> Was it a case of you both looking at each other and saying this is what we want to do or uh, was it a case of Grant or Jazz saying, turning to, to the other one? Um, how about, you know, what do you think, this is what I'd like to do, would you like to join me in it?
2: I think we always, um, we we spoke about it before we went on that US trip and the concept was broadly sort of scratched out about how we wanted to do it. And then, you know, so we looked down one path and said, look, this is what we want to do. Then we look at the bank balance and what our means were, um, you know, and we we thought, well, here's here's what we can afford to do. Um, And the US really played a huge role in confirming that you don't need to have all the um, bells and whistles and lipstick and fine china rolled out to do a brewery concept. So first and foremost, we were a hospitality um, sort of brew pub set up um, from day one. And, yeah, it's not really sort of spoken about but jazz has a huge amount of experience in hospitality um you know i've done my bit in pubs and cellars but um yeah we we did have a complementary skill set and it was always um you know we were going to do it together and there was a there was a funny conversation um jazz was still working full-time at the at the time we opened modus and uh you know we had seven bucks in the bank when we opened we had to open on that day otherwise we literally would have never opened. and i think we'd done two or three um two or three doubles as they call them in the hospitality game and we'd uh sort of seen what was coming in and gone geez jazz we're going to get you out of work soon uh and there was an agreement there that you know she'd come out of full-time work maybe six months in or a year in once we saw how it was doing but we um we agreed pretty quickly that uh, Modus was going to be her full-time gig there and then, only a couple of days into opening Modus, which was really cool. Um, But it was always... um, It was always we were going to do it together.
1: And I think it's funny, like, when you go and have a baby, it certainly helped, like, having two, two, um, you know, brains on it instead of just having the one person. Um, You know, I was able to step away for four months and look after a little arch, and, you know, Grant was still still on it 100% so it's been it's actually worked you know more than you th- more than you think at the start you think oh husband and wife far out that's going to be a bit scary but it's actually you know you're it's you're coming from the same angle and you're, you're both behind it 100% um, and it's been really I'm not just saying it but it's been it has been really beneficial
0: but it is a challenge for a lot of breweries uh, one of the things that we always talk about is um, funding and finance and, and those sorts of things, and Modus is a hundred percent family owned. Like it's it, it's not uh, silent partners, private investors, as I understand it. Um, so so you guys no, sat- that's correct. Yeah. So so you guys sat down and decided we're going to do this. You, you, as you said before, you. Talked about finances and how are we going to do it? But even with Jazz working for a short period of time uh, after you opened, that's still a, a big commitment. Does it at any stage, you know, um, place a strain on on the relationship where you've got issues at work or issues um, in the brewery that just by nature of you both having to resolve them does come home?
2: Oh, I never look, yeah. never have we once yeah. argued.
1: I, I think
2: for um, for me, it's we live and, we live and breathe it. It's not just our job. Um, this is this for us. Modus is in a in a in a positive way for us. Um, it's our life, so it's a livelihood, mm. a living and a way of life for us. It's not so independent beer is what we do for a, not just for a living, but it's our life. So we have a child and we've, we've been, you know, just started with on the family side of things, probably later than most other people. Um, but you know, it's always just been a way of life for us. So it hasn't really ever been, Oh, this is all too hard. It, it's our life. So we've had to deal with it We we are hundred percent in it ourselves. There is no private money or any of the, you know, the big fat cats sitting behind us. Um, you know, writing checks or doing whatever it is they do—it's—it's um, it's all us, and yeah. So we've had to make it work. It's not like we've had a had a choice. Um, and I—I I think I don't know that that keeps you honest to each other and keeps you um, certainly motivated on the business side when you understand that it is your 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 life and your livelihood and your, your way livelihood.
1: Of life. Yeah, but I think you know, in the five years, we've learned a lot, like. At the start, we would we would bring it home and we talk twenty four seven about modus. Whereas now, you know, we we do try and find more of a work life balance. And if once we get home, it's husband and wife time. It's not husband and wife modus. It's husband and wife time, and that that has We try. You know, well we try. There is we definitely, <laughs> definitely don't do it all the time, but that's the intention anyway.
0: And, and was that a conscious decision? Yeah.
1: Yes, that was definitely, you know, because at the, yeah, it was definitely conscious because you just, you know, we're not in here for the short run, we're in here for the long haul. And I, I think, you know, you know, most important, you know, our marriage is, our marriage is, is so, is the most important thing, but so is modus. So the only way they're going to work together is if we uh, balance them well.
0: Craft beer is a very much a lifestyle, particularly independent craft beer. Um, when and you hear the way that you talk about it, and I'll refer everybody back to the podcast we did last year to hear a little bit about the brewing philosophy of, of the business. But it is very much a lifestyle. In that sense, having you both in the business is—is is it a little bit easier because um, you don't have one of you who is tied up in this business that has very unfriendly hours and all these demands, and you both understand the role that you've, you've, you've taken on
2: a hundred percent. I think, um, you know, being in business together and, and having to make it work, like literally, you know, we were all chips in to start notice. Um, so it was either, you know, sink or swim. Uh, we had to make it work. So yeah, it has been an, an ongoing process, but it's a conscious decision that we've always made. We've never felt forced. Uh, you know, if we ever, felt forced or having difficulties that we didn't think we could overcome then you know probably reassuring for jazz to hear this but i'd always choose jazz over modus um you know uh, that doesn't sound like you're that passionate about craft beer (laughs) (laughs) yeah i know but honestly it's never been a um, uh, modus and marriage and life is our way of life and that's you know, how we've always um, seen it. And that's how we've gotten on, like to have, you know, Jazz understands and in the same way that I understand what the demands of the industry are and, and what is expected of us and what we do and that, you know, you're always on call. Um, you might not be pouring beers at the, at the brewery or, or mashing in, but um, you're constantly on the clock um, 24-7. So, And I think we've just grown up. Um, you know, probably half our marriage in that environment. So, yeah, we're, we're pretty proud of that, actually. Well, I certainly am. Jazz, mm. you?
1: Yeah, no, definitely. I think it does. Like, it does help. Like, you, you know, when you're living above a brewery with dust all over you, you're kind of like, if, if I had been just not part of the business, I, I would be like, what have I signed myself <laughs> up to? Um, but, yeah. <laughs> you know, being in it together, you're like, right, yep, this is what has to be done. next. Um, so it, was, it was
2: pretty funny. We actually did live in the brewery, um, uh, probably a little bit against planning laws, but we did have <laughs> to live there for a while. I don't um, think there's a statute of limitations <laughs> on
0: planning laws, so
2: yeah, we yeah. better get quiet about that. But yeah, <laughs> we yeah, it's it's our way of life, Matt. And um, I, I like personally, and I know Jazz is the same. Like, we wouldn't change it for the world because it's been one hell of a ride. And you know, people would sort of raise their eyebrows you know five years in business five years so what you know my parents did 40 years whatever um but in an industry that's growing at such a phenomenal pace mm-hmm. with such rate of change um you know it's a, it's an achievement that we're really proud about to still be who we are representing what we what we did from day one still doing the same thing still being a, a, a quality first brewery in everything that we do um yeah is it's a it's a bit of a proud moment to, to have to sit back and reflect on five years
0: and have you found that since you've had arch um, you know 12 months uh, and even in the lead up to that it, it's an industry that the, the hours can be a little bit unsociable um, in term in family time so you can be sociable mm. um, to the, the the venues that stock you the, the the festivals that you need to go to do you find that the lifestyle around craft beer, makes it a little bit hard to have a child into that mix?
2: Oh, I don't think so. I think if you um, – it, it certainly doesn't make it easier, um, but I think if you it's, – it's like we've gone into it eyes wide open, um, and certainly not mm. the first set of brewery owners that have had kids. You know, people have been it doing it for yeah. years. Um,
1: yeah, it would have been really tough at the start. Like when we were – literally behind the bar every day, you know, he would have to be in a, like, baby Bjorn while I'm pouring beers, which is just not a good look. Um, so I think um, I think definitely now it's a little bit easier because we've got a team behind us um, and we can certainly delegate much better than we used to be able to. But, yeah, at the start, I, I don't know how we would have done it, actually.
0: And how are you managing it? Did, I, I guess you can't both just uh, head out to late-night events anymore the, the way that you once did.
1: Oh, uh, no. <laughs> yeah, Grant, Grant's... Uh, yeah, Grant, Grant's... I've, I've never shied you. away
2: from that. Um, Jasmine, no. uh, and she never yeah. really has. So I, I think it's sort of been within our... Um, you know, it's been within our uh, areas of expertise anyway. Um, but <laughs> certainly, it, from my point of view, like it for, forces you to reassess some things. Um, you know, uh, when you're a one-year-old brewery, you'd you'd go to the opening of an envelope um, at the drop of the hat, regardless of the economics involved in it. I think now we're we're a little bit more sensible about where we allocate our time, bearing in mind that there's a a family behind it. Um, So, yeah, but we're only a year in to uh, this
0: this little child in the brewery business. Um, So far, so good. So he hasn't got his RSA yet?
1: No, but I reckon (laughs) about five cleaning kegs, I reckon, he'll be right.
2: (laughs) often joke with other uh, brewery owners that, you know, you know we sort of, um, particularly on the 100% family, independent-owned side, uh, you know, we, we have a lot of close relationships with those guys throughout the brewing industry. Um, they're, you know, it's a, sometimes a bit of a lonely world um, and we tend to sort of lean on each other. I was joking with, uh, with my mate Craig at the Thirsty Crow the other day that um, if they're old enough to walk, they're old enough to pour. <laughs> um <yeah. laughs> and uh yeah, he he texted something rude back in return. So um yeah, we're uh yeah. I, I it's a family run business, you know. This is this is how we're gonna do it. I, I, I can see Arch working in it for sure, uh, in a couple of years when he can walk. <laughs> <laughs> Judge, why don't you sort to have a chat about, you know, the Mum and you know changes and the balance and being a female in the in the industry, you know that's a pretty um you know important role that you've had to balance, uh, particularly in the last sort of tw- you know two years,
0: you were pregnant for nine yeah. months so. <laughs> it, 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 that, that's a great because and i was I was going to uh, turn to that because. You know, look, it, it it is a little bit hard um, as a male journalist in the beer industry to ask those questions because to, to ask questions about what it's like being a woman in the beer industry because you are always concerned that it comes across a little bit um, patronising. But mm. how I guess when you own own your own brewery, you see all sides of the business, Jazz. And how have you found it? Well,
1: you know, I, I think it was great this year with um cell master um cell masters and. Um, bws did a great you know women in uh women in beer cider and wine and i think it was the biggest collection of women um in that industry in the world so it was you know having initiatives like that was it was it was awesome um but you know there, there tends to be you know there can tend to be like a bit of you know negative connotations with uh with you know women in the beer industry not always but that you know it can go down that path um and i guess from my perspective i've and I don't know it's because if I'm because I'm the owner. <laughs> I don't know, but I've always had I've I've, ha- I've never had an issue. I've always had the utmost respect. Um, people, you know, I've, my whole team, male and female, that they, they certainly listen to to what I have to say. Um, I've never felt that in the in the marketplace. You know, visiting bottle shops, um, I've never felt uh, any any uh, discrimination. Um, there there might have been once or twice. You know. That something has happened, um, you know. Sure, I think that would happen to a male or female, and you know, I, I don't make it into a big thing. I just move away from the situation and go right. Well, you're not going to work for me, um, but I can I can definitely see. I think by being more vocal, like being you know, females in the industry um, being more vocal, will certainly bring more people to the industry of females. I mean, when we when we put a job advertisement out. I'm not like I'm ninety ninety percent of it are males, um, and I would love to hire more women, and I'd love more women to be involved in motors. Um, but I think it's about breaking down that that these connotations that it's a you know a bit of a hard industry for a woman. Um, we need to start telling the good stories um, to attract more females to the industry um, because it is it's a it's, I've been in other industries, um, you know I'm not I won't mention other industries, but that are far. I've had far more <laughs> negative um, interactions, and this industry has been very, very supportive.
2: Yeah, I think it's interesting. Like speaking to jazz, um, you know, around uh, you know this 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 whole concept of women in beer thing. I, I don't even, you know, necessarily think it it should be a concept. It should just be good people doing great work in a great industry. Um, you know, that that would be the um, you know, sort of overarching theme that you know I'd like to I'd like to see sort of pushed. And and speaking to Jazz about her time in the industry when we were reflecting on it um, post this uh, this BWS initiative, um, it was all really positive. Um, and and I, I did I did mention to her I remember saying you know I wonder to what extent that's driven because you are an owner. As opposed hmm. to uh, you know um, someone else in the industry, and we you know we we both recognise that that no doubt plays a small part. We wish it didn't, but, um, yeah. but by and large, everything you've experienced in the beer industry and in that is has been far more positive in the in the industries either of us have been involved in the, in the past. So it's actually something to to really celebrate um, rather than get overly critical on, because you know um, it has a you know saying to me it's been it's been an awesome experience versus other industries so oh, you know we can almost pat like, ourselves on the back
1: yeah a little bit. and i would encourage yeah like and that's the thing i would i'm trying Yeah, i encourage women to get involved in this industry because it's you know there's there's lots of places to go in the industry it's a yeah i'm very supportive of it and we'll always vouch for this industry
0: We would like to thank Rallings Labels Stickers and Packaging for sponsoring this edition of Beer is a Conversation. If you are looking for a more efficient way to package your small run, collaboration or special release beers, make sure you have your own conversation with the guys from Rallings Labels Stickers and Packaging. They specialise in supplying ready-to-fill, shrink-sleeved cans or bottles to the craft beer industry. They take care of everything for you and take the pain out of packaging your special brews. If you would prefer a label or sticker on your cans or bottles, Rallings can help with this as well. Just give Paul or Brad a call on one 852 235 to discuss how they can help you. If you can't stop to write down that number right now, it's in the show notes with a link to their website. Now, Grant, uh, we, we were rudely interrupted in, in the last conversation. Couldn't reconvene straight away. Uh, when we did want to reconvene, poor old Jazz uh, had come down with a lurgy.
2: Yes, she was crook, Matt. Uh, wasn't anything to do with your interview.
0: <laughs> I, I, I do have that effect, I'm told. But anyway, so I, so unfortunately, we're not going to be able to continue the rest of the interview uh, with Jazz. But one of the reasons we wanted to talk um, is, is we are celebrating, and this would have been done before your fifth birthday celebrations, which are now last weekend, if the listeners yeah. can follow that. Um, but we, we wanted to mark five years of modus But also, you guys have just released a couple of beers um, for the fifth anniversary, Um, and also with International IPA Day coming up, you are celebrating that with, with... uh, with a beer, so one of the things I wanted to talk about was the beers you've chosen to, to, to celebrate with, and also the importance for breweries in what is a little bit of an attention deficit beer world, where people always want the new. How important it is to bring out beers to mark these cele- uh, celebrations to stay relevant. So, first of all, tell us a little bit about your um, celebration beers. Uh,
2: look, we've got uh, five of them in total to celebrate <laughs> five years. Uh, uh, so. Yeah, we're, we've got um, you know milkshake IPAs, dessert barrel-aged porters, hazy pails, IPAs coming in our ears, and our really special beer that we've had on uh, Woodford Reserve Oak uh, is called V to mark our fifth anniversary, and that's our barrel-aged Russian Imperial Stout at 13.5%. Uh, so, yeah, we're ex- super excited about releasing all these beers for our birthday. And going back to your point about um, IPA Day, uh, we've brewed a number of IPAs for our birthday. We've brought Zoo Feeder back, which is you know one of the, the cult classics from our early days. Um, we've got Quebec IPAs. We've got our Pangea International IPA, which is uh, our, our latest uh, national limited release in cans as well. Um, that's that's a cool beer in in the the ingredients and techniques it uses um, go global, so it. it chooses a hop from each continent uh, and uh, packs those hops into each separate um, sort of addition of the beer, first work, bittering, late, whirlpool editions, a double dry hop um, and a cold dry hop as well. So we use um, select hops from around the globe, just uh, packing that out with a real taste sensation. And I think that the finished product, I had the first one yesterday, it was only packed uh, very recently, uh, is a is a really complex thinking man's IPA. So it's an IPA. Thinking I think person's IPA,
0: IPA. You might upset. Thinking person. <laughs> thinking
2: person. Uh, Just harking um, back
0: to our earlier chat. Uh, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Sorry, Jazz. Um, yeah, thinking person's IPA. So there is bitterness. Um, there is body. There is balance. Uh, it's it's not um, huge aroma, sure, but there is uh, a balance. Is a is a is a. Is a complex thing and and there is a um a really you know cool kick to this beer harking back a few years to what ipas used to be uh not what they they currently are so it's it's unfiltered um really packs a uh a punch and you're really stoked to have that available nationally in cans that's part of it then we've got a couple of hazy pale ales a uh, a dessert porter where we've taken uh what is basically our um, our Silent Night Porter aged it, flash aged it in bourbon barrels, so not for more than six months. It's only been on oak for about uh, a month. Um, and then dosed in vanilla beans, uh, blended it with, with all the best forest fruits, blueberries, blackberries, raspberries to create the sort of dessert-style porter where the, the, the bourbon or vanilla character doesn't overtake it. Um, it is a, a genuine dessert beer. Uh, we've done our Surprise Party, a Pavlova milkshake IPA um, with a yeast that we really love using and have experimented a lot with, uh, house strain, um, but you know, developed from the London Fog Base, uh, which brewers will know about, loaded like a good Pavlova IPA would be, mango, passion fruit, strawberries, um, everything except the kiwis, I guess. <laughs> so, yeah, we, we've got, um, like your original point was how important is it to differentiate your offering i think for us because our birthday's always been around ipa day um you know around the end of july each year or early august we've always lent that way anyway ipa is a you know a beer that we know we do really well and we're really proud about that so um it hasn't been a big decision for us it's just sort of been the timing um but some of the barrel age stuff that we're coming out with and some of the the fruit additives that we're doing in our beers are you know just Really, put a tweak on what are sort of um, you know versus standard everyday beers, I guess. But from a hospitality point of view, pretty critical to um, these days. In a in a uh, what? what did, how did you describe it? What sort of market was
0: it? An attention deficit. At, so you're looking at deficit, look a squirrel, yeah. and uh, suddenly you know yeah. <laughs> chasing the the the, the next uh, new thing.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think um, that that certainly helps us having half our taps at our our brew pub um allocated to to new and unique, interesting beers that, that become available on our birthday. It kinda fits in with what we're trying to do. But I think it, it is critically important um these days uh for a a good venue, be it a brewery or not, to um, you know, to have, you know, leading limited releases running through their taps. And I think you see that the country over these days. Um, you know, limited releases are everywhere. Uh, as you
0: say. But it was interesting because I, I just picked up on one of your descriptions uh, of, of the, the IPA where you're sort of talking about it being balance and, uh, you know, the thinking person's uh, IPA. It, it just shows how much the industry has changed. That you know, what was once just accepted as an IPA, where something like feral hop hog could be described as an IPA, and the, the world has moved so quickly and then it's splintered into so many different times. It must be a real challenge for brewers to keep up with the latest trends and the latest yeast, particularly with a brewery such as Modus that is very quality-driven. Um, and quite often, you know, brewing's not easy. Getting it right on the first batch can be a bit of a challenge. How do you manage a, a, a regular um, program of, you know, one-off and seasonal releases and keep that quality going?
2: I think the benefit of our brew pub is... You know, listeners may or may not be aware, but they've probably tried what is a, a national limited release. They've probably tried the malt profile before in a previous beer. So there has the benefit of our brew pub is um, you know it's a it's a it's a busy venue um, where we get immediate feedback, and you'll hear brewers say that all the time about their brew pubs, but it's true. So we know what. Um, what more profiles work when we build up an IPA or a national limited release and really the, the tweaking part. um, So we're already confident in the recipe and in one way or another, um, you know, that beer may have been derived from a previous iteration. I mean, we, we brew, you know, sometimes 30, 30 different beers, including our core range, 30 different beers in a year haven't quite, gone that far this year because of uh, because of growth um, but yeah I think this year we'll, we'll probably hit 20, 20 different beers in, in one form or another uh, but yeah we're you know we've been doing this for five years now it feels like we're we're more than a toddler in the industry so yeah we, we are really conscious of trends but um, I think as we mature we've got a little bit of an ability to ignore some some hype um, and pick up on the hype that we know we can do well. So I think if we self-reflect, and particularly our brew crew, which is sort of seven strong these days, um, we can, you know, self-assess pretty objectively and say, look, what do we do well? Um, Let's do that if it's going to a broad national audience as opposed to seeing how something goes, which, you know, would have been our attitude before our first birthday, um, so yeah, I, I guess we've we've matured a little bit, um, but yeah, we're still learning every day as well, for sure.
0: It, it, how do you like? Just, this is a fairly bald question, but how do you make money um, in in that world where you've got to constantly come up with uh, new, new beers? Because one of the things that's often described. Is that it's a unit cost game. So the more efficiently that you can make it, um, and the more of it you can sell, uh, you know, for, for the same fixed costs, the the, the the better your business is. And yet, this whole model of one-off, seasonal, special release beers almost runs against that, unless you can charge a you know, significant premium to, to to that commodity model.
2: Yeah, it's a conundrum, no question, um, but. We manage it at our sizing um, because we've had five years to to get it right. Um, You know, Modus beers are and always will be a premium product. Um, So we will never play the price point game. You know, I always bang on about people brewing price point beers. We will not do that. Um, And consequently, you know, we will never be the biggest craft brewery. Um, But we're okay with that. That is our Modus operandi, you know, for if I can insert a pun. Um, <laughs> well, you'd we, you have we, a name for a reason? Yeah, we, we we won't play that game. So I guess, you know, you know what you can do and you if you're objective with yourself and your team about what you can't do, um, and for us it's brew huge volumes of beer, um, you know, you adapt your business model around that.
0: I mean, it, it it it's one of those just fascinating things as a as an industry observer to to watch because you you did talk about that your model is almost a little bit self-limiting um, in in how big you can get and make that work. Um, you know, have you um, and, and Jazz sat down and talked about how big you can get, how big you want to be, you know, what the what, what what the shape of Modus is in something that's sustainable for you guys? Oh, absolutely,
2: we live it and breathe it every day. Um, you know, we are well aware of, of the journey that we're heading on and what we've achieved um, and, and what we will continue to do so. Um, but we unashamedly just do it on our own terms because, um, you know, our our Black Lab's the 100% shareholder. We don't have guys pulling levers behind us telling us that, you know, that dollar per unit isn't enough. You need to strive for more. Um so things other than profitability can come into it. Um, and, you know, I, I think if I'm frank, our customers, you know, be it a smaller customer base than perhaps some, uh, some larger breweries, um, we're okay with that. Um, but we know they support us and, and thank us for it. Um, and we hope and like to think that they can taste it in the product they drink.
0: I take the, the, the job that I do interviewing very seriously. When, when I was researching for this interview, um, you know, I jumped in and grabbed the ASIC documents um, that often reveals, uh, you know, an interesting background to a company, but you guys, it is 100% owned by, you know, you and Jazz. Um, there, there's no yeah. silent partners, there's no split uh, business interests. And yet you guys have, um, you know, we hear a lot of breweries talking about, well, we need to take money from this source, or we need to do this, we need to crowdfund, we need to do this in order to grow. You guys seem to have grown uh, organically, you've grown consistently. Um, You know, as, as I've seen it, you haven't cut any major corners. In in the way you've always had good branding, you've always had uh, you know good uh, service, um, all of those sorts of things. How have you guys managed to do that? You know, what wh- what is the the, the the secret sauce that allows Modus to do that where other breweries haven't or don't think that they can? I
2: I, I think you just look on the sh- look on the shelf, um, you know, and that we I don't think we make any more or any less money than than other well well run. Um, brewing businesses Um, but you know the bottom line is not our sole motivator Um, we've grown 100% organically with um, no external funds a point that we're really proud about that allows us to not play the price point game Um, and we can brew beers that we want to brew but we do ask you know both independent bottle shops and others to to fully support us um, which they do and because the customer does so we've got a product that at times the customer willing to pay more for, um, which has helped. Yeah. We've self-funded all, all the, all of our growth, um, which has been, you know, very substantial over the, over the years. It hasn't been an easy ride. Um, yeah, look, we um, anyway, but it is us. Is the dog on those ASIC documents at all? <laughs> I'll i
0: I'll, I'll,
2: I'll have to get into my accountant if he's not. Um, no, we're, uh, yeah, it is. It is us. Um, we, and, you know, it's a point we're proud of. It, it means we can balance um, other areas of our business, um, not just the bottom line. Um, and, you know, that's what we've always set out to do. It's always what we will do. Um, we have been lucky in that, you know, we've got loyal customers that want and pay for our beer and that funds us to, to keep
0: going. But, and, and because I, I hear a lot of the things you're saying and that's very much the uh, the, the approach that I've taken through Brewers News. and uh, you know I've learned so much in these conversations I have with Brewers that I'd no, no, because uh, th- th- that's the one advantage that I've got is that I chose something that wasn't massively capital intensive, um, but uh, <laughs> yeah. th- th- there is no money behind, you know, any money that uh, goes into Bruce News is pretty much for the world to see, um, we don't mm. do anything, uh, you know, anything that is news is news and it, it meets our news um, test, um, you know, mm. anything that is sponsored is absolutely clearly marked as sponsorship. Um, and, and I've never borrowed money to do it because I've always wanted to not have the, uh, I've wanted to have the ability to close it down if I couldn't do it the way that I wanted to do it. And, you know, when you have to pay back, um, money, that's a, uh, like a, it, it's potentially a compromise or, you know, a, a pressure on you. But at the you're, same you're time... You're missing out
2: on a great thing, mate. Go into, go into a bank and ask for money. That's an
0: experience. You're really <laughs> missing out. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, no, I, I like to wear my pants around my waist, not around my ankles. Um, but uh, but at the same time, so for, for all of those decisions that I wanted to make, um, there came a point when I had to, you know, put other people on uh, because I just couldn't do it all myself. And, you know, I made a commitment yep. to staff by not paying them casually or whatever. I employed people um Mm. and suddenly you've got commitments that you have to make and you know whilst you may not owe money to the bank you've got people that depend on you um to 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 some extent um and that's a responsibility that forces your business decision or at least that's what i found you 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 said in your last interview, you've got 30 um full-time equivalents
2: uh there or thereabouts yeah um yeah that's a lot of people relying
0: on you to uh to, to keep doing what you're doing
2: yeah, I I feel that way and um you know stress and responsibility usually go hand in hand. I I definitely feel that. Um but I relish in it. Like I like the idea of being, you know, responsible for direction. Um fortunately these days it's not just me and jazz, you know, we've got uh you know, we've got our heads of sheds if if you know, for lack of a better term and and you know, we've got um half a dozen you know, really key, committed, long-term people around us um, that have grown our decision base, and uh, you know we're you know super super proud about that, and you know they're 100% passionate passionate about what they do because you know quite frankly they'll hear this you know they're worth more money somewhere else, but they understand and are, are you know along along for the ride and and they enjoy what they do. Um, yeah, I I, I I don't think. Everything, particularly in the beer world, um, can be summarized by the bottom line. Um, you know, to be honest, there are there are other parameters in in this beer game that we need to be conscious of. Whether it's your, you know, your customer service, your standing in the community, um, you know, what you're doing for for brewing issues, for women in beer, for example, or what you're doing, um, you know, if one of your employees is going through a hard time, like there's there's a myriad of of factors. um and yeah, I, I think it's I relish like looking after some parts of that, but there's it's not just me and jazz, you know there's half a dozen other people in modus that are critical to it as well, and they they know that, and they relish it as well.
0: Mm. Oh, and I guess the point that I was um getting uh, to there was, you don't even have to look at the bottom line because the bottom line starts to be making sure that those people are all paid each week and you know uh some beers are easier to sell than others and you know uh, not everyone wants to to drink fairly adventurous um beers and some breweries start to bring in you know like a what they call their volume beer, um, which mm, is mm, a little yeah. bit lighter, and 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 you know th- th- that's not a criticism of of any of those people mm. because it is it, it it is business, but there do seem to be some decisions that you guys either haven't had to do or have elected not to do to try and you know get that easy vol easier volume um, that that doesn't in- involve changing the quality of your beer, but just sometimes the flavour profile of the beer. Yeah,
2: no, we we unapologetically won't go down that path. It's just not who we are. Um, you know, we'll we'll never brew mountains and mountains and mountains and litres and of beer, given how we are set up now. But we're okay with that. Um, we know who we are and the direction we're heading.
0: But is that a hard decision? Like, it, 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 sorry, not a hard decision, but is is it something that you sort of have to consciously say? Well, look, you know, it's a little bit tougher at the moment because volume is down, or. You know uh, not really
2: mate no not really at all I, I think it's I, I think it's a it's a great decision that we have stuck to our guns um, you know I you know I I thank God that we have every day because you know that volume end of the market at the moment um, is is really really tough and you know there are breweries producing multiple times the amount of beer that we do um, and they're Doing it tough, if not tougher than we are, because they're they're playing in that space, and you know that's a decision they've made, and they would have had to go down that path, otherwise they wouldn't have made it. Um, but yeah, we're, we're you know have a little smirk on our on our faces that we haven't had to go down that and, and won't go down that
0: path. Okay, I'll, I'll put this one to you then, because uh, I've done a couple of tastings. Um, Or meet the brewer sessions at at pubs and you sort of ask them about something like a neeper and you you quite often see a bit of an eye roll where you get the feeling that this isn't the sort of beer that i dreamt of making but we have to make it to 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 sell to the market is that in its own way a compromise but a compromise that sort of you know the 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 craft beer compromise as opposed to the mainstream beer compromise making beers that sell well but you don't necessarily uh, love yourself
2: uh, I,
0: you know, I'm not trying to sit on the fence I don't know that it is I,
2: I just think if it's good beer regardless whether it's hazy or not or, or c- clear as hell like if it's good beer and people enjoy drinking it um, that's your number one goal as a brewer to make beer that people want to drink if you don't enjoy making it, you know, you have a choice. You don't have to make it if it means that much to you, but if it's paying the bills and you eye roll and you just put up with it, um, you know, so be it. I, I, I just think, you know, as independent brewers going up against, uh, you know, not only the multinationals, but the, you know, the really well funded private money style, big breweries these days, um, you know, quality is your first standout point. That is your first point of differentiation, and it always will be. Um, so if you can relay that to your customers, regardless of style, um, I think customers come back to your product more often than they go back to another product. I genuinely believe that.
0: But you can make a crackingly good um... Uh, Helles, for example, or a, you know, like a, a beautiful golden ale that is you know around about twenty IBUs, um, mm-hmm. and and, and it, it, it's certainly quality and short sure may not be the the beer that you want to drink. It can be all of those things you, you sort of said about some of the sort of craft style, which was why I was sort of saying you know the craft beer, um, you know, almost a craft beer uh, choice um, to, to to go down. Uh, you, you guys mm-hmm. would never make a like just a, a smoking hot. Um, 18 20 ibu golden ale or uh, Hellas style lager uh
2: no again not one to sit on the fence no we wouldn't because you'd see the size of our brewery um and you'll see the issues that we face you really need to come down and see it um and that beer just does not fit in our in our brewing footprint we cannot make it economically
0: And and the other question is, could you charge the, you know, talking about that premium price that you you ask for in the market um, for for the quality of your beers, could you charge a premium for something that a lot of other breweries are making?
2: I don't know. my, My answer to that, ask a lot of other brewers that question, whether you can charge a premium price for a lager in the current state of the market, and I think the objective answer is no.
0: Has the market, we'll bring it back to the fifth anniversary. These things are always a conversation; they go their own way. But bring it back mm. to the fifth anniversary. Have you noticed that the market has changed much over the, you know, when you guys were doing your business plan together after your trip around the US? Have you noticed that the has the market changed much?
2: Oh, uh, look, it has changed, but has it changed um, how we play or, or participate in that market? Not really, because we were always hot forward. Um, flavor a flavor heavy brewery um, you know and we have never as I said before price point brewed or brewed to a particular ABV we brewed we brewed a flavor target so um, it we've always been there or thereabouts on, on trend I guess um, but uh, yeah we we don't have you know we've got a really <laughs> bloody popular paler which I think is one of is a cracking beer Um does it do the volume that certain other breweries do? Absolutely not. But it's it's a really big beer of ours. I, I think the to go back to your Heller's point, you know, a crisp, approachable golden ale. Um, I think the market's moved towards you know your, your your base beer is perhaps beyond that, particularly in our customer sphere, where a pale a hoppy pale ale that's you know eight or nine grams a litre worth of hops and is probably as hops as heavy as a lot of people's IPAs um, becomes your base beer, and uh, you know that's that's the way we we look at it, um, and probably also the reason why we'll never be twenty million liters worth of beer a year. <laughs>
1: Oh,
0: mate, it, 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 yeah. it's, it's been a great chat and we, we absolutely could uh, chatting, but that just means that we've got more on the table for next time and we absolutely do need to get down and see the brewery and record one in amongst the tanks so hopefully Prof and I can coordinate our schedules to, to get there but uh, mate, thank you very much for joining congratulations on five years um, hopefully the party went well when this uh, goes well for you today and went well when this actually goes out to, to our listeners um, it, it, is there anything that you want to finish with? Is there anything you want to tell us about apart from the uh, IPA uh, day beers or anything that you've you've got coming up?
2: No, I think the only thing I'd say is thanks. You and Prof need to uh, to to get up here and uh, and and check it out, see what we do, see how we've come in five years. We'd love to have you. Um, and given that the birthday's
0: on Saturday, don't call me Sunday. <laughs> Okay. Well, I, I can guarantee that. So, uh, Grant, we're and, and please give our best uh, and, and our thanks to, to Jazz. Unfortunately, she couldn't join us for the second part of the conversation, but hopefully, she's uh, well and truly on the mend and enjoying the uh, fifth anniversary and all that you guys can uh, revel in and celebrate uh, over those five years.
2: Absolutely, mate. And cheers for everything you do for Indie Beer. Keep it up.
0: All letters received will receive a Brews News bottle opener and thanks to our good friends at Beer Cartel, the Letter of the Week will receive a mixed six-pack of Australian craft beer. When Brews News cast and crew are buying online, we buy at Beer Cartel. We love hearing your thoughts on the stories we cover because beer is a conversation.